0: Welcome back to the office marketing podcast with Mike Swigert, the podcast, all about sales tips, mindset, and value bombs. Five questions to help make your day more productive and learn a thing or two. Here is your host, best-selling author, Mike Swigert. Hey everybody. Thank you for listening to the office marketing podcast. I have a really, really special guest today. His name is Jim O'Connor. Jim is the president and CEO of Commercial Works. Um, they have got offices all over the country. Uh, Jim comes to us with a just a wonderful business acumen, wonderful career progression from uh, from his time at the Iowa State University to to where he is today. Jim Jim really prides himself on being a uh, just a rock star problem solver. I'm, I'm going to let him get into it uh, deeply today, but. Um, but I'm really kind of curious to, to hear more about how he takes teams, builds teams, and, and just makes every place that he touches a little better. So, Jim, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for your time.
1: I appreciate it, Mike. I uh, appreciate the opportunity.
0: Well, yep. Jim, uh, we've, been, we've actually been friends for uh, a couple years now. Our first encounter was on the golf course, one of our favorite places to be. And, uh, and I'm glad we came full circle and, and you are able to be a guest.
1: No, I appreciate the invite and look forward to our conversation today.
0: Well, hey, Jim, why don't you talk to us, you know, walk us through um, coming from The Ohio State University to where you are today. You know, how did, how did you get here?
1: Okay. Well, when I graduated from Ohio State, I had a great opportunity with a business that was growing quickly. And they were expanding throughout the country. Started in Columbus, Ohio. I relocated to uh of Fort Wayne, Indiana, and then I took over a business in Indianapolis, Indiana, and this was a, uh, a sizable business, uh, 150,000 foot, faci- foot facility, and uh, we took that business from a troubled organization to distribution of the year, which really set us up and taught me some things about how to get uh, value from other people. From there, I took on a larger facility in Charlotte, North Carolina, moved my family to Charlotte. From there, it was a division in Dallas, Texas to cover a number of facilities. From there, we moved into a different division up in the Northeast out of Philadelphia. And then I moved into private equity. I got engaged with a uh, pet products business, which is a, a great, great business to be in. We sold that business. And then from there, my family and I moved to uh, California, beautiful part of California. And I managed a uh, recycling toner business. Uh, from there, we, uh, we finished with that uh, opportunity. And then uh, it was my wife and family was thinking about where are we going to, where's the next role? And it was to go back to someplace familiar. And uh, I took on a role at Commercial Works as the uh, president, and CEO of the organization.
0: Well, so, well, yeah, kudos, kudos to your to your family for being patient and loving to uh, follow you all around the the country. Uh, it, really, absolute. You should be very grateful for having such a wonderful family. They still like you, don't they, Jim?
1: Uh, They do. I have an absolute, I've been blessed with a great family. I have a, uh, a son who uh, lives in uh, Columbus. I have a daughter who lives in Nashville and uh, thankfully my wife lives in Columbus with me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So what's a, what's a big takeaway? I mean, you, you, you had nice progression. You and I kind of talked in our pre-call, you know, every, every time you were learning a little something, right? What was your, what were some of your biggest takeaways as you went from company to company like what was your personal development like during that path i think what when people ask me that question it's really
1: not the win in terms of growing the business or the what we did to fix it or grow it it's it's the people that i encountered the the lives that were changed where yeah, there's a great story of, of a fella who was a night, nice, he pulled orders at night in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then he just solved every problem, and then he followed me to, he went up in the organization in Charlotte, and he followed me to Dallas. He took over a facility in Baltimore, and now he has a you know a nice six-figure income in uh, Georgia well, running his own business down there that he's been hired to. And this is a person that, uh, you know, you know, you impacted his life, but he doesn't realize how much he impacted mine.
0: That's cool. What was your biggest takeaway from him? Like, what's one thing that you learned from him? Um, Attitude.
1: You know, he had every opportunity and a set of cards to just be a victim just uh you know he just everything was against him but when you saw this person he put a smile on your face he solved problems he overcame challenges and and you know i asked him when we were having issues in baltimore he was in in dallas and I asked him, would he come to Baltimore and help me solve that problem? I said, we're putting the band back together again. And he just said, yes. He didn't talk about how much are you going to pay me? This is what I need. It's, yeah, I'll come and solve the problem. And I think that's just set him up for so much success. But again, more so, it's taught me.
0: That's great. That's, that's, great. that's great. I love having people like that around me. I mean, I, I think um, the older I get, the more i'm in awe of just people like that like i i love this guy already i haven't met him but i can't i can't wait to i can't wait to meet him yeah make sure you make a good intro for me will you jim yes i will and
1: you know it, that's replicated itself in so many locations as i look back so i look back at an indianapolis or i look at back at what we did the pet products or in california i think of the people i think that was such a smart individual a hard worker they were just they—they uh, they were making the planet such a better place by just their mere existence and how they operated.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I feel. Uh, what is it? Is it Jim Rohn that said you're a uh, you're a direct reflection of your five closest people in your life? Right. I think that's kind of. Maybe he he may have regurgitated from somebody else too. But like, I love that concept of, you know, be picky on who those people are that you that are in your circle. And when you get amazing people, you get them close and you hug them and you love them and you want them to be in your circle as much as possible. Um, Talk to me about, um, you know, what goes in your day to day? Like, how do you take all these these great lessons learned and how is it impacting you in 2021?
1: Well, how? I start every one of my days is I have a set of goals. I have three to four goals that I'm expecting to accomplish on that given day. They're written down, they're documented. I have a file of them of every single day that uh, I come to work, that this is what I expected to accomplish. Did I accomplish it? And I teach uh, people who work for me, uh, you have to give me a date. If you're going to create a P&L for us each month. Well, what's the date that's due? And that could be the 15th is what, you know, we make a date, the 15th. Well, some things happen. I understand that. But on the 15th, you're supposed to tell me if it's not going to get done you know, I'm, I don't want to figure out on the 17th that it hasn't been done and then find out the reason. And I think that builds expectations in people and it separates people of those who really can find ways to get things done, overcome obstacles. And those that, you know, are just moving along the stream of what we call life. Just mm. floating along. Mm. Mm. Well,
0: we're, we're both parents. And, um, that's so funny. You should say that. I just had this conversation with a buddy of mine recently and we both agreed. And I I got great advice about 20 years ago from my son's godfather, who's a very, very accomplished businessman too. But he said, he said, uh, this was his advice, but he said that he said, mother's responsibility in motherhood would be to create a womb of love for their children and help them feel comfortable and, and sort of like have, just be comfortable being themselves inside that womb and just be unconditionally loved. And he said, one of the keys of a great dad is to consistently be pushing them out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Now I know in this whole world of, of gender identity, that that may not be politically correct, but that's, that's one of the things we do in our family is that my wife is wonderful. She loves our children and they're always comfortable where they are. And my job is to be like, Hey, what's next? What's, what are we doing? Are you, do you have goals? And that's one thing we do in our house is really, and with my team too, is what are your goals? Like if you're eight, be the best eight-year-old. If you're 17, be the best 17-year-old. And that's, by the way, that carries over to business. That carries over to everything. This episode of the Office Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fusion Advisory. We help commercial contractors generate leads online profitably. Check us out at fusion-advisory.com.
1: It, it does. Um, my uh, father was a chemical engineer by training, and then he found his way into you know sales and running a business because he liked the scorecard. He liked that it controlled. It was a little outside his uh, comfort zone in, in that, but that's that was the advice that he gave me. You know, control your own destiny as much as you can.
0: <laughs> well, well, my daughter's at Georgia Tech she would totally. She would, she would agree with that. There's something about that, that sort of engineering mind that says, hey, let's control the things we can control. That's, that's pretty awesome. Sounds like a good dad. So what's, what's advice that you could take from these amazing stops you've had? You know, as, as a CEO and president of a very large company right now, what's some great advice you could give other business leaders um, in, in 2021 as we're probably already planning for 2022?
1: Well, I see a lot of people get exhausted or some of the people who work managers with problems that uh, come to them on a daily basis. And I always talk to them about, you know, your, your job is to deal with problems. You cannot let those get to you. You have to come out as, from an optimist view of knowing that each day somebody's going to come to you with a problem, multitude of problems. And they're going to be difficult problems. Uh, and so what I tell everyone is that y- you achieve through overcoming obstacles. That's, that's what you do. And you look at each day to see, you know, what is going to stop me from hitting one of those three or four goals I've written down today. And it could be a meeting. It could be another issue that's come up. Uh, but um, it's taken a view that my job is really to solve problems and point the way.
0: So going into your... Going into your goal setting, though, like, do you kind of put them in categories? I mean, where are you getting, like, do you, talk to me about your three goals a day. What is that tie? Does that tie to a bigger picture?
1: Yes. Uh, there are two, two sets. There are the things that have to be done today because they need to be done today. And there is directionally where we want to go with this company. So setting up a website. What are we going to do for leads? What is a job that we have for our sales and marketing person to lead this company. So getting some feedback from them, really getting their goals um, and their targets and how do we define success uh, from them? So that's-, that's good.
0: Yeah. I think you and I could have an entire, uh, probably our conversation on how do you define success, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's such a, that's such, such a, you know what, really quick in a, in a nickel tour, how do you define success?
1: um it's uh recognized by the prophet the law statement is uh it's it's one of the ways but also the people the, the team that you've surrounded yourself with um i have never had a situation i've had situations where you come in and it's just an unhappy crew but i want folks who enter my buildings, all the businesses that I manage, to want to walk into that door. I understand it's work and some days are going to be better than others, but I want them to enjoy and know that this is a positive work workplace. Not always pleasant. You're not going to always agree, uh, but you're going to feel appreciated and heard.
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, Can you share with us any systems or any uh, tips to help? to help the team be heard, to help, to help your team even love where they work a little more.
1: Okay. One of the things when I'm in a difficult position with, and by difficult, it's just trying to flush out what does success look like? I will follow up, whether it be with a vendor or anybody, I would say, what is the best outcome that you would look for from this meeting we're having? What would you like to see happen? how 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 do you define success and putting the onus on them to you know really drill down at what what can uh, what can make them happy what makes them most productive
0: so and, having a, sort of that that dialogue or that ownership letting the team yes. feel like they own they own the challenge and they're part of the solution
1: Right. I can go into our meeting with where we're trying to develop something, call it a website or a different brand. And I would go, "Okay, we're having this meeting. What are you looking for? What's the goal from this meeting? You have my time. What do you what are you looking for? And then I'm looking for them to come up with something that. um, uh, we can hang our hat on you know a real end result not nothing wishy-washy or anything like that something that uh, we can define success by
0: yeah i like it jim you've, you've got a great blueprint for success right so um let's see have a dialogue with the team to overcome challenges um goal setting and hold the team accountable to uh the dates that they they're committing to things Yeah, That sounds like an amazing uh, formula for success right there.
1: Yeah. One of the things I learned from one of the organizations that I worked for, and they sent you through an industrial psychologist and really got a lot of feedback from you. But for any high-performing person, their greatest strength is also their greatest weakness. And so it's understanding that. So if you're a very goal-oriented person, you're deadline-oriented, you tend to, uh, to work in a straight line, so your greatest weakness may not be hearing from other people, taking the time out to say hello or that. And so when you learn that, those you put some barriers up to teach yourself as a manager, this is what I have to do to be the best I can be I,
0: I love that. i i am I am blessed to have a, a wife that is an occupational therapist, right. <laughs> And, and since she's been home more and she's been on virtual uh, therapy with, with people, she works uh, with a lot of kids in the school system, a local school system here. And I've learned so much about sales by listening to her do evaluations. Because the first 20 minutes, it's literally just an interview process with the parents and the children and what are they doing? And I'm hearing it and it's literally just through osmosis. I'm listening to these amazing conversations and, and she touches on so many things. And I'm like, I wish salespeople would do a little bit more of that in their conversations. Uh,
1: I, I get that. It, and it's hard for all, it's hard for me, but it's listening is the most powerful tool. Um, and trying to understand what the problem is and trying to resolve that problem. And I hear from salespeople all the time when go, you know, whether it's a uh, space planning job, a furniture job, or a move, have you gotten an answer? Have you gotten it? No, I haven't heard back from them. And then sometimes I always go, well, you know, sometimes no answer is an answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But like, um, you know what? What is that pain point, right? So going back to yes. going back to the occupational therapy thing, it's like you can't make an assessment, you can't write a plan for therapy unless you really know what the problems are, and you can't even yes. write a plan, th- and you can't even write a plan for therapy until you know the commitment of what the parents have with the kids, right? So imagine Ooh. if we, I, I maybe I should write a, a, a ebook on sales tips I learned from occupational therapists, right? You know, like, like, Hey, start out, do a real evaluation, you know, like, and this is, this is so cool that like, you know, how do we, how do we, um, how do we get granular and listen and listen and listen? Because what if your conversation every day was, Hey, what's the biggest pain point of that client? You know, and then all of a sudden the salespeople start going, well, I don't know. you know i'm I'm just trying to figure out how much they want to spend per square foot right and um but you know wouldn't it be um wouldn't that be fun and and you know what i'm going to challenge myself to do that even more this week and and just try to dial down a little bit more yeah
1: it's it's uh, as a leadership it's bringing focus and clarity to an organization and it's understanding you know the talent that you have and how do you grow that talent Mm. you're, you know, you have it, and you know you have a team. And I've had teams, and I'm just amazed by the intellectual powerhouses that you know are on that team that bring something that I don't know. And it's creating the environment that they bring you those mm-hmm. um, ideas. Yeah, you know, it takes it takes a lot in a meeting for some people to put their hand up and go out there and say, "Hey, here's my idea," and uh, you have to put an environment together where they want to put that hand up.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about you, right? What, what's something about Jim O'Connor that not everybody knows?
1: Well, I would say you've played golf with me, so you know this, but I love golf. I put in a lot of time on it. I read about it. Um, I put in so much time that I should be very good at it and I'm very poor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and and that that aligns with my guitar playing. I love music. I have a collection of guitars. I play guitar. Uh, I just play it very poorly. My children say whenever I go somewhere, they don't know I play guitar. I have a solid six seconds. Just play your six seconds and put the guitar down.
0: (laughs) You're so you you're. I love this. All right, so I'm going to ask you a, a a golf question, and you can't put me in your foursome. Um, you're finished. You're filling out your foursome. Anybody in time, Jim, right? Anybody at their peak in the history of, uh, of the earth, who are you filling out your foursome with? Who are your other three? Oh,
1: uh, it's very easy. My, uh, my, my father would be there. I have five brothers and sisters. Unfortunately, my father passed away very early. I would love to have had had the opportunity to have him in the foursome. Um, I'd have to put my brother in. I enjoy playing with my brother. Um, the third would be Jack Nicholas. I'm from Columbus. Okay. And I just want to be on the tee box with my brother and my father. When Jack Nicholas walks up and they just look at me and say, how did I arrange this?
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. That would be fun. You know, most people are like, Oh, I want, you know, Jack and Ernie and tiger, or, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know if you could have given me a better foursome. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I mean, that really is. That's the coup de grace for a uh, for an ohio boy i really that's, <laughs> that's really cool um so uh, when it comes to role models or mentors i mean it sounds like you had, a, you had a, you're blessed with a pretty good dad you know w- w- where are we going with your favorite role models or mentors
1: here's what i would say my i was not a very my father a chemical engineer by training was as focused a person as you you could ever imagine um he passed away uh, as I was finishing up high school. Uh, I had college ahead of me. And one of his good friends uh, who, who had some influence in the organization uh, said to me, um, I will help you as long as you help yourself first. And uh, he helped me get through college. He put the path forward. It was not an easy path of just, you. You just, I'll make it work. It was, you, you have to give me a call. You have to talk about your grades. and We have to go through it. And this was before it was your, you, you pay it forward. But that was one thing he always told me. He said, you do it for somebody else uh, someday. And that that's, that's kind of what I've tried to live.
0: All right. So it sounds like you've done this for a lot of people. I mean, you, you've touched a lot of lives since then. Has there anybody that you've gotten really that granular with, that you've gotten that... Uh, mentorish with in your lifetime, I have. I have a
1: a. There is a fella who uh, we talked a little about this. A fella, he was a. He picked orders in at night in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, he was being brought up by his grandmother. Uh, every time he had such a great disposition. This person, he had a smile on his face every time I gave him an issue where there was an issue in the organization. He resolved it. That person uh, became the night supervisor, he became the warehouse manager, he became the operations manager at our Dallas operation, he went to Greensboro, he went up to uh, uh, help me out in a big uh, challenge in Baltimore. And now that fellow's running a a big organization, doing very well, has a nice family, and we still, uh, we talk quite often um, on that. And uh, let me just shoot this quick one here, uh, because it's it's about grace. It's an employee was having just a difficult time in uh, Philadelphia, and I was having a difficult time with the business. And I remember going in the office at 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, and tucked under my uh, uh, door was a note from her about the impact that I had in her life and what she uh, because of just something simple I did to her, did for her a couple of days prior, and she was going through a tough time on a tough day, and um, I, I, I was very impactful to her, and she wanted me to know that brightened up my day, and I didn't have a problem for a week. I, and I still have that note to this day.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. I, um, I, there's nothing people don't understand the power of notes. Like really, I'm 50. The best note I ever got was in 2014, right? So 2014, my son was nine, right? He's nine years old. I'm doing the, oh no, this is 2010. Sorry about that. This is 2010. I'm doing the Augusta half Ironman, right? 11 years ago, so he was uh, six at the time. So my son's six and I wake up to leave for the, uh, for the race, right? and um and there's a note on my bedside table because he knew i was leaving really early in the morning to go to the race so um and all it said it was on a little post-it note and it said dad you're a badass (laughs) (laughs) love read right (laughs) and so and obviously, you know, he's heard I've taught spin classes, you know, and, and everything like that. And he actually spelled it B A D A Z Z. So it wasn't cursing. He was, yeah. he was not <laughs> cursing. Right. But, um, and I kept that with me during that race. Right. And, 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 um, and it's so funny is I remember being, I, 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 was, I crushed the bike, crushed the swim, and I'm about like six miles into the run and I'm, I'm, I'm dragging butt on the run. Right. I can tell you how how visual and how clear it was, Jim. Reed was with me on that run, and all I could see was his little six-year-old, blonde hair, mop top, little green eyes looking at me going like, Dad, you're a badass. Dad, you're a bad. And I'm just like running the entire time, and I'm thinking, I can't let this little guy down, you know? And, and to this day, seriously, my fit, and I had it with me the entire race. I, I literally had carried it with me. And the power of notes, Uh, really never goes out of style.
1: Yep. I uh, just, uh, ending 2020, wrote notes and i've wrote notes throughout my career because i've received them now my handwriting is atrocious and i remember somebody in my organization uh said i received a note from jim o'connor but i i I can't read it and they said (laughs) don't worry about it it's handwritten it's all good that's
0: awesome (laughs) hey you know what that's very genuine yeah i mean at least it it, uh, you know what that's the ultimate in authenticity. I love it, Jim. Yeah. I really I really do. Hey, is there a, um, uh, I, I almost want to fa- ask you your favorite golf course, but if you want to tell me, uh, you pick one, you want to pick a favorite book or favorite golf course, what do you want to tell us about?
1: I'll, I'll talk about books.
0: All right, okay? guys. I'll
1: talk. One of the things I do when I get uh, a book, it's, it's aged, but it's correct. Uh, I, and I passed it out to managers who are just starting, but it's called The One Minute Manager. It's a very easy read. It talks about how you treat people, how you coach people, and how you get things done through people um, on that. And I think there's some great lessons in that. And um, so that's my management book. My sales book is a book is how to get your competition fired without saying uh, anything bad about them. And it's creating a unique selling proposition, uh, a wedge to say. And that's one of the books that I give my sales team on that. Like that. I now, like I also have a book out there, great at email, that I got to read. So I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm I hear gonna the get. authors.
0: I hear the authors. Fantastic. All right. Still, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Um, really, if there was, is there a golf course you've never played before, other than Augusta National, that you would like to play? Um,
1: I... I I, ju- I have to tell the story because I did get to play it last uh, year, yeah. but uh, yeah. Muirfield here in Dublin, Ohio, yeah. I, uh, I, I live in Muirfield now, but as a child or boy, I caddied at uh, Muirfield and I just thought when I got to Columbus, that was one of my goals. How do I get on Muirfield? And I was given that opportunity to play and I just want to do it again um, on that. So uh, Muirfield,
0: field is is the top nine all right well here's here, I'll, I'll share a funny uh nicholas story with you my son was in ninth grade he's playing in our uh our club championship he's a he's a pretty good golfer he's playing in the men's club division right and so um i think it's mike mike nicholas i always get gary and mike mixed up right so mm-hmm. it's day two and my son's paired up with, I'm pretty sure it's Mike, Mike Nicholas, right? So he's paired up with Mike day two. He, he had a good round the first day. I think he shot like even the first day. And he's going to the second day. And I get to the course and I'm like, uh, Reed, you know, you're playing with Mike Nicholas. He goes, yeah, 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 he's in ninth grade. It's kind of not even hitting his head that it's <laughs> Mike Nicholas. And I look over and 30 feet away is Jack is working with him on his putting, before the round he just happened to be in town and he came out on the putting green he's kind of giving him some tips right and i'm just like holy crap that's jack nicholas giving my son's competitor tips right before they play and um i thought i thought you'd appreciate that read was just oblivious he was just kind of like oh that's jack nicholas like yeah i I didn't i didn't pick up on that it's such the ninth grader to like literally see your your anyway it was it, it was fun to watch it was a fun dad moment
1: yeah, Jack Jack's Jack's the
0: best. Yeah, he's very, very cool. All right. So if um if if people wanted to get in touch with Jim O'Connor, what's the best way to do it? Uh through LinkedIn. Okay. Through. All right. If you guys, if you guys are looking for uh Jim, it's actually James O C O N N O R. James O C O N N O R, President and CEO of Commercial Works. And Jim, I'll put your um your link in the, in the show notes too. So people will be able okay. to, get to talk to you that way, but I tell you what, Jim, you're, you're an absolute joy always to talk to. I can't wait until we get back out on the links, uh, hopefully yep. sooner than later. And, uh, thank you for your time.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me, Mike. And, uh, we, we got to figure out that's going to be one of my goals to get myself to back to Atlanta and, uh, and, uh, swing the club.
0: Okay. Open invite, wait, open invite brother. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. Be sure to join the
1: conversation on our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages. If you enjoyed the episode,
0: head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.